Welcome back to the Conservative Woman's Guide. I'm Karen Lips here with Peyton Smith. We're happy you're here for today's episode on dealing with liberal professors. We'll be sharing stories of interactions with professors on campus, give you tips on how to navigate those interactions, as well as how to be strategic when sharing your views. Years later, some of my interactions with liberal professors have stayed with me. Peyton, do you have some memories of interactions with your college professors, good or bad? Oh boy, do I do. (laughs) Um, I think my stories can be summed up in two main ones. So the first one being my junior year, one of my professors, my constitutional law class, did a poll the very first day of class. So getting off on a great foot, I think. And he asked the class what we, or if we thought that the Supreme Court should be reformed, such as adding more justices. And then we all had to raise our hand and he went around and would ask for people to explain their reasoning as to why they raised their hand for the answer that they chose. Um, no one ended up raising their hand when he asked why they voted for no reform. So he looked at his little um, seating chart and he called on me, of course, because why wouldn't he? <laughs> why so do you think he picked I, you? Did you have a reputation for being a conservative at this point? Yes, but I don't, he didn't know me. I've never had a class with him before, so I honestly couldn't tell you. But I went to my little explanation of why I believe the Supreme Court shouldn't be reformed. And he cut me off in the middle of my sentence. And he told me, like, cannot make this up. Be careful because some people might not agree with what I say. Those were his words. And I was bamboozled because I thought that the whole point of an opinion was the fact that you could have your own opinion. No one has to agree with you. It's yours. And so throughout the rest of the semester, that professor would talk over students he didn't agree with. He would cut them off completely. I've honestly never seen someone like so blatantly silencing people. It was rude. That's so awful. And especially in this case, I mean, this is a timely topic. I think that that's a topic that's fair to be discussed in a constitutional law class. And certainly your opinion's reasonable. What strikes me as so awful is that he cut you off as if because you didn't say the right thing, your view didn't matter. And that's a dangerous way to approach teaching in the classroom. You're not actually teaching the students how to think or how to engage with different views but you're teaching them that they must support one view or stay silent. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. And that was my first main experience being suppressed by a liberal professor, I would say. And did this professor, did you know what you were walking into? Did he have a reputation? I ask that because I feel like sometimes the strategy in those cases is to avoid those professors. So did you know anything? Did you? Did he have a reputation? No, he didn't. I always look at ratemyprofessor.com or .org, whatever it is, to see what students say about the professors before I sign up for the class. And I knew he was going to be a harder professor. He has reviews on that website that state that his you have to do all the coursework. It's not one of those classes you can kind of coast through. So I expected that. I just didn't expect to be punished for my views, I guess. Well, good for you for taking the class, even though uh, it was known as being a more challenging class, but that's unfortunate the way he acted in the classroom. And I I just hear more and more stories from students these days about, you know, trying to avoid certain professors because they know they're just not going to get a fair shake in the classroom. And that's, that's so unfortunate. So did, did it stifle your willingness to speak up in the classroom? Did you, did you kind of keep your head down more after that experience? Yeah, I definitely kept my head down more in the class itself. And I honestly just let my opinions speak for themselves during 
um, writing pieces. So I know our final exam question, I had like heart palpitations sitting in that exam seat because the minute I read the essay prompt, I was like, oh no, here goes my grade. And it, you had to defend the pro-choice or the pro-life side using the constitution because at that point it was still the conversation of is Roe v. Wade going to be overturned? We were, that was one of the main discussions during class. So I took a very, very big gamble and I defended the pro-life side knowing that he was most likely not going to agree with me. And I actually ended up getting a good grade in the class because his discrimination motivated me to work harder. So I read so many outside cases that were not on the syllabus. I did so much extra reading just to be able to back up any point that I made in class. And it came in handy during my final exam. Well, good for you for going the extra mile in that class and for making a very strong case for, for your position. As somebody who went to law school, I can say that reading extra cases, um, that's a lot of work. And Peyton, we should mention that one of like, obviously there's some downsides to having a professor that's biased and unfair in the classroom and silencing students. But one small thing, um, and actually it can turn into a big thing that conservative students, conservative students can learn from being in classes like this is really how to make compelling arguments and it can sometimes really push conservative students to to be their absolute best. So it sounds like it motivated you in a way and you responded to what I would say is an unfair situation well. Thank you. Yeah, it's important. I think one of the big tips that listeners could take away from today is just being accurate with your sources and on even using liberal sources to back up conservative points if you can is a big thing that I know I use during that class. I would back up every single thing that I said with any sort of source that I could find, both conservative and liberal. I've done that even in some of my op-ed writing after college. Uh, Barack Obama and Bill Bauer have both said things about the importance of free speech. So if I'm making making a, a point about the value of free speech, I sometimes find that it's helpful to cite liberals to make those points. It can make it more compelling for a more diverse audience. Yeah. And these are great tips. I'm going to kind of tie back into our previous conversation about thinking critically and like making sure to always back up your points with reliable sources. It's, I think, one of the best ways to deal with liberal professors as a whole. So that way they can't tear apart your argument as easily. Well, I think, Peyton, we've started today with the bad, you know, a hostile liberal professor in the classroom. I want to encourage listeners, though, not to assume the worst from all of their liberal professors. Uh, you can develop great relationships with liberal professors who can even serve as mentors for you. I know I stay in touch with a liberal professor who I got to know when I was a student at UVA, and it's a wonderful relationship now, years later. So I'd encourage our listeners to you know, do the research, as Peyton mentioned, try to figure out who those unfair professors are. But then try to go into your classes with progressive professors with a positive attitude. And you might even develop some cool mentor relationships. Did you have any experiences like that with the liberal or progressive professors? Yeah. Um, one I know in my second story, my other class, we were doing a lot of readings about feminism. And it was the way the class was set up was we had to write a journal response to any reading that we did in class. And so in one of my responses to one of the feminism papers that we had to read, I explained that I just didn't think that modern day feminism supports all women anymore. And my professor was a male. So 
obviously he's not thinking in the same way that I'm thinking as a woman. So instead of, I said in my response that instead of pushing women to think for themselves, they modern day feminism contains women in their own box. And it's like, well, if you don't think the way that we think, you're pushing women back thousands of years or hundreds of years, whatever their argument is. And at the time, my professor actually responded in a very positive way. And he said that he never thought of modern day feminism in that way, obviously. <laughs> But even though I knew that he, we didn't hold the same values or ideologies, I had a lot of respect for him in the way that he handled my opposition. And then I actually ended up taking a, a couple more classes with him because of that respect that I saw he held just for like not only me, but for other students in class who would speak up in opposition of what he was saying. That's such a positive interaction. And I wish we had more of that happening on campuses where you felt comfortable to share your views. Um, You probably learned a lot from his, I would imagine he countered on some things. And so you had to get into the nuance of it. And you probably both had very productive conversations. We need more of that on campus. You have to be very strategic. I think with when you're sharing your views, you have to kind of know when the right opportunity is. And with him, I kind of analyzed at the very beginning of the course how he responded to other students when they didn't necessarily agree with everything he was saying. And from the way he handled those interactions, I knew that I could speak up more. And he would challenge me a little bit, but not in a disrespectful manner. So I felt okay, I guess is the best way to put it, to share my views. Well, being purposeful, I think, is just so important in these type of interactions. Um, and also mm-hmm. thinking about what your goals are after college. I know a number of our students that I talk to are planning to go to grad school where grades really matter. And in that mm-hmm. instance, I know some of them decide to keep their heads down to get the good grades uh, because they don't want, um, you know, having taken one or two classes with liberal professors, having that to hurt their GPA uh, because they spoke up. And it's sad that they have to think that way. But in this environment, um, I, I don't blame them. On the other hand, we've got other students who speak up all the time and have really benefited from that by having some interaction, some positive, some negative. But uh, with each kind of interaction and conversation, they take something, learn from it, uh, become better advocates for their views. So that's a route they take. Some take that, go that direction. Uh, So I think it's just important to be purposeful uh, in your approach to dealing with um, hostile liberal professors. Yeah, I think it's important to know when to pick your battles and that not everything is honestly worth fighting about and causing a rift between you and your professor as well as you and your classmates. I know sometimes there were things that my classmates would say after class and they're like, oh, did you hear how so-and-so commented about whatever the topic was? And I just kind of, no, I wasn't really paying attention, moved on, because it's just not worth it sometimes to cause those rifts between you and your um, classmates, especially if we were working on a project together at the time. And I was like, this is not the time. And, and remember that not all your liberal professors are going to be unfair to you in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Take your cues, like Peyton said, from the professor. Are they going to be fair or are they going to be unfair? I think another tip when talking about how to deal with these liberal professors would be to ask questions that poke holes in the other side's argument, I think is a very respectful way to go about picking apart the other side's argument. 
sometimes the direct approach isn't the best approach, right? So I'm with you, Peyton, that sometimes you can, you know, go at it directly, but other times it might work better to raise those questions and then put the burden back on them to, to answer them. And even better yet, Peyton, is if you can ask questions and like cite a liberal source, like we talked about earlier, right? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I heard that, uh, Barack Obama said this about free speech. Uh, how does that, how does that line up with with what you're saying in the classroom? I find that to be a, a good strategy when you can go down that road. Yes, exactly. I think just knowing which battles are worth fighting and then how to fight them properly are things we hope we're helping listeners figure out throughout this podcast. Make sure you join us next week for the Conservative Woman's Guide to Finding a Mentor, which we were just talking about. I can't wait because Karen will actually be joined by the show's very first special guest. I'm very excited for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Conservative Woman's Guide wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing by emailing media at enlightenedwomen.org. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at enlightenedwomen where we're having a great conversation with our listeners. Uh, We'll see you next week.